Hey there, everybody. So glad to come together with you today. And we are uh, looking at some particular scriptures here. I wanted to, um, yes, sir. I wanted to look together with you at uh, Luke, the fifth chapter, Luke chapter five. And um, something that I, you might see the title of this message that we're, we're calling this call your partner, call your partner. And these are actually words that came out of Peter's mouth prior to his coming and uh, helping Jesus in the ministry. And he had to call his partner. Now, let's take a look at that. Let's look together in Luke, the fifth chapter. And I believe this is going to give some wonderful light and life to us in this time. And in here in Luke five, we're going to look at verse number one. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me. And here in Luke 5 1, it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, now this is upon Jesus. Jesus is preaching, and the people are pressing upon him to hear the word of God. Isn't this wonderful that there is this desire for the word of God to be preached so much that they are pressing upon him, in so much that Jesus actually had to find another way in which to minister these words? And we'll see that here. It says that. He, it said, they pressed upon him to hear the word of God. He stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. So obviously they're done for the day. They're cleaning up and about to, you know, call it head on home. <clears throat> and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. And he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So, now let's be honest here. Boats go for hire, right? I mean, if you and I say, say we want to go out on the boat today. Well, someone might lease us their boat. They might allow us to rent it out. Maybe someone owns it and they allow us to use theirs. But in this case in point, Peter could have charged for these services. So. It doesn't say he does, but if he didn't, he's giving what he could have charged for. This is a seed. He is giving an offering into Jesus' ministry, whether he's considering that or not. There's something he's doing for Jesus in the ministry. And Jesus sits down and teaches the people out of the Fourth verse says, Now when he had left speaking... He said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Now, if Peter decided, no, Jesus, I can't take you out. I can't and I won't. It's been, I'm tired. I've been fishing all day. And it's time to go home. So thank you, sir. But no, not going to do that today. He would not be hearing these words. He would not have this opportunity. No, uh, he did the right thing, and he's being rewarded for diligently seeking God. God is a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. And um, you'll find that Hebrews 11.6. And we'll see here in the fifth verse, And Simon answering said to him, Master, 
we have toiled all the night, and we've taken nothing. Well, he doesn't have a very good outlook of this thing yet, does he? Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Nevertheless, he must have been hearing something about this kingdom business. Jesus preached the kingdom. What is the kingdom? God having his way in and through our lives. We make it very simple. God has his way. And he's saying, you know what? I've been fishing all day. I really don't want to go out. I don't want to do that. But nevertheless, at your word, he called a master and he's saying, now at your word, master, you are directing me to do this. So I will put down the net. That's not what Jesus told him to do. He said, let down your nets. This is an example. An example of us adding to or taking from the words of God. Jesus said, let down your nets. And Peter said, at your word, I'll let down the net. Well, what happens when he lets down the net? And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude. Say that with me. A great multitude of fishes. Now, let's look at this. Peter is a fisherman. Fish in the ship means income. It means a paycheck for Peter. This is his business. This is helping out business. And um, so they have multitude of fish. Let me find my place again. Thank you, Lord. They include a great, enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Their net what? Their net broke. So many fish, their net broke. And yet, what's happening? Let's continue. And they beckoned to their partners. They're calling on their partners. Hey! Come on over! Hey! And they're watching this as they're hearing their names being called. Watching what? A ship sinking. Right? We'll see that both ships are about to be sinking. From this hall of fish. But the partners are being called. And they look over. And what are they seeing? Too many fish. Caught in the net. This is a partner problem. This is a problem for partners. We got too much. We need help. Taking care of the business. Got too much. This is an abundance problem. The reason why you and I need partners is because God is a too much God. Now, Jesus, hallelujah, tried helping them in giving them the correct directions. But if you and I are going to miss some of these problems, we're going to have to follow the directions correctly. And when he says let down the nets, it's not okay to let down the net. And yet, despite that, Let's read what happens. And they beckoned to their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came 
and they filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Both ships are filled with more than enough fish. Both ships are beginning to sink. This is where many fear. Many think, what in the world did I do? I did the wrong thing. I shouldn't have listened to this crazy man talking about, throw over your nets, throw over your nets. My ship's about to be lost, man. What in the world? I knew better. What in the world was I thinking? Got my partner over here. Now it's not just my boat. It's his boat too. What in the world? No. <laughs> this is a prosperity problem. This is an abundance problem. And um, too many fish. Boats are sinking. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Oh my. Now, Peter knew better. He knew what he was told to do. He didn't do it. But guess what, my friends? Jesus didn't write them off. Jesus can fix our mess-ups, but he can't step out for us. Jesus was not going to throw the, net, the nets over the board excuse me, over overboard the ship for Peter. Peter had to throw over those, those nets. He had to throw over the net. But even despite him not fully obeying, aren't you glad about the mercy of God? And he helped right from that point. And though Peter had missed it to some degree, he's about to walk away with an abundant harvest because he so valued the ministry of Jesus. He was willing to give. Notice, Peter didn't have the money to give him. He didn't necessarily have a whole lot, but he did have something, and he had this business. He had this boat, and he could do something with his boat because it's his boat. He can do whatever he wants with his boat. This is why it's so important for you and I to have our own. When it's your church, you can decide who comes and preaches and teaches the word. When it's your facility, you can decide when it opens and when it closes and who can come and who can go and what you can. You can allow God to move and, and have his way through you and through that place. The kingdom advancing is connected with us having our own. Oh, I got to say that again. The kingdom advancing, God having his way in and through places is directly connecting to us owning and having our own. It's so much easier when you don't owe any more on it. And he will cause it to be paid in full. And here these guys were having yielded to Pete, think about this. These partners did absolutely nothing for Jesus in his ministry, but they're partners with Peter. And Peter did something for Jesus and for that ministry. And it's blessing the partners big time. Their, their boat is a sinking with all the fish because their partner had the audacity to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to helping the ministry. What? Oh my. 
what you and I do for the Lord and for who he shows us to and how he shows us to, it doesn't just affect us, my friends. It affects every partner that is connected to us. It affects every person that's connected in our lives. These partners came over to help with the multitude of fish. They left prosperous. Partners get part, part of the abundance, part of the reward. And yet in that point in time, he, they didn't sow their ship for Jesus to preach from. But yet they're receiving the reward from their partner. <laughs> I so enjoy partnership. There are things our partners are off doing right now. We send wonderful partners to go minister the gospel, to teach the good news. And every time they go and wonderful works are done, we're sitting back and receiving reward. And we might come on in with our boat and go, all right, yeah, we'll help you out. We'll help you out. And as we do, we're receiving reward every time, every time. Let's continue to see the mercy of the Lord. And he, he, he was astonished, it says in the ninth verse. Peter was astonished. He's a fisherman. He's been fishing this way for years, but this is surprising him. Will God cause you and I to increase to an astonishing level? If he do it for Peter, he'll do it for us. <laughs> and you and I can look an astonishing level. You look back. And you can't keep your mouth closed. You ever been that? You're so taken aback. Why? You've never seen this. You've never experienced this. But there it was. It just happened. You've never had that much money come in at one time in your life. But there you are. The blessing overtook you. There you are. Marveled at it. Can't believe it. But there you are. Witnessing the provision, the abundant provision on an astonishing level. And that's what Peter is doing. He's astonished. And all that were with him at the drop of the fishes which they had taken. They couldn't have taken it if they had not sown it. And the only reason that Jesus had the availability and the enabling power to get this increase into their lives was because they first gave him a place to bless. They sowed that seed of that ship to preach from. And as they did that, they put a vessel for the master to overflow. Oh my. Every seed that we sow by his direction, it does this. It puts a vessel for him to overflow. He'll make that vessel sink. He'll make that vessel pour out and bubble over. This is the abundant life of God. And hallelujah. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, don't fear. Don't be ashamed. Don't fear. Why? From henceforth you shall catch men. Peter thinks he has missed it to a point that it can't be reconciled. That's a lie. That's a lie. If God is still present, 
then grace is still found and mercy will still abound. And he could have dealt with you to sow that five years ago. Don't kick yourself because you didn't do it. If you're still seeing it today, you still have time to make it right. And right now you can offer it to the Lord and do with it what he shows you to do. And right there, he'll cause it to abound towards your good. You'll have to call your partners and go, partners, come on, help me out. My crop this year is too big. I need you to bring your tractors out and help me out. I need you, you know, you got another kind of business. Maybe you're, you're a profession. You're thinking, I got too many patients. I need to get another fellow in this thing. I need to get someone else to help. It's too much. I'm calling my partners. <laughs> I need help because God has so overflowed, has so abounded towards me. I need help for this business. I need help for this profession. I need help for this ministry. We need help. We're calling partners because we are sinking. <laughs> Jesus is sinking our ship with too much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Notice when this is happening. It's happening on a day they caught absolutely nothing. That day was a fish famine. And they took absolutely no fish. And they said they've toiled all day. To them, it's useless. There's no point in going back out. But nevertheless, that's your word, Jesus. We'll do it. We'll obey you. This is the key to harvesting. You and I, you know, sowing is not an automatic thing. You and I must be willing and do with it where, where God shows us. But you and I receiving increase and in harvesting is not automatic either. If you and I were to go talk to a farmer today, they would think us foolish if we said, oh, well, hey, harvest time is here. Why don't you just go watch some football and hang out? They're thinking, are you nuts, man? I got to work harder now getting this crop in than when I went to put the seed in the ground. It's time to work, boy. It's harvest time. It's not going to roll in on its, on its own. I got to go get it. And the Lord, our shepherd, will show us where to go, how to reap, how to receive. And that's exactly what Jesus did for Peter. That's exactly what he's doing for us. Now, go with me, if you will, to Mark, the 16th chapter. Mark 16. We have been here at the ministry. We have released faith over a project. And um, we are believing God to go. We're believing him to go. I believe that his direction to go and to preach and to teach his good news. And it's strong on my heart to see churches built up and strong, to see local churches edified and instructed and encouraged where they go out and they're fulfilling their call in their ministry. And you got believers going out, hallelujah, in their places, in their businesses, in their schools and around their towns, the most, hallelujah, qualified witnesses in the earth. And uh, us in this ministry having some part in that across this nation and then internationally, I'm so thankful that we have part in this good news going forth. 
and building up the church for the work of the ministry, it is a, uh, yes, sir, fasten. It is a, oh, man, it's beyond words that we have part in this. And, and I'm sure, you know, fellow ministers, fellow friends, I know you, you sense the same thing. To have part in what Jesus is doing in this earth, it is the greatest thing, the greatest that we could ever do in this life. Now here in Mark 16, let's look at verse number 15. And he, Jesus, said to them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach this good news to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Notice it says those that believe, not those that are called to the fivefold ministry. This is not your pastors and your teachers and your prophets and your apostles and your evangelists. This is all those that believe on the Lord Jesus. Those that are called and are part of the church and have, you see, the fivefold ministry has this task of building up the church, which are those that believe on the Lord Jesus for the work of the ministry. And you're seeing that right here. Signs will follow you. You're in Walmart and you're looking at the DVD. Well, probably not. Maybe you're looking at DVDs, but you're looking at a movie and all the while the spirit of God on the inside of you says, them over there they will believe me for this healing and you can sense and perceive faith and what are you doing you're laying hands on the sick and they shall recover he wants to use people like you my friend yes like you to go into the world i've had people ask us what are you going to do about the ministry in pakistan we're doing it right now what are you going to do about the getting this gospel out in Kenya, Uganda, and, and these different nations? We're doing it right now. And we'll do everything more the Lord shows us. But there are parts that you are to play. And we will be led of God and build you up and instruct you and encourage you and go, all right, go, <laughs> go. Because it's on you. The Spirit of God's on you. And you have your part for this ministry. Go bring them to Jesus. Go get them into this family. Because it's on you to do this work of the ministry. And, oh my, my, my. and this is why we send others. And I'm so thankful the Lord has called us to do so. And enabled us to do so. Because as we're sending others, we are enabling Him to send us. And that's what I say to you, as you send us and send this ministry to do what we're called to do, God is looking at it and it is a vessel that you are allowing him to then take and overflow and send you and cause you to minister in your places, cause you to do what you're called to do right where you are. Now, go with me, if you will, to Acts, the first chapter in closing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Acts, the first chapter, we're going to look at verse number four. Now, Jesus had told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. It was their directive as he went. And um, it says in the fourth verse, Acts 1, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which says he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time, excuse me, restore again the kingdom of Israel, the king, excuse me, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power. Hallelujah. Oh, my, are you glad about that? After that, the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is come upon you and you shall be what? Witnesses to me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The Spirit of God on us is an empowering to, to do service for the kingdom of God. And if you have never received that, we'd be glad. Message us. Send us an email. We'd be glad to lead you in that way, that, that the Spirit of God would come on you. When you're born again, He comes in you. The difference is no different. Jesus said that um, the Spirit would be in us like wells of living water, but then He said that there would be uh, like, um, yes, sir, like fountains of living water that would burst out of us. Well, it's a difference in measure. A well is great. You have a measure, but you have springs springing up and flowing out. That's a lot more water. That's a lot more spirit. And the spirit wants to come on you. He wants to spring and bubble up out of you so that it blesses all you come in contact with. And I want you to see this because our sow to go ministry, everyone that has sown into this, we are believing with them that as they have released faith for us to go and are causing us to have the availability to go paid in full, that they are receiving, yes, sir, a greater ability. And there are things right where they're at that they are doing more for the kingdom they ever have. How is it that we're to be witnesses right where we are? He started right there. He said, in Jerusalem, right in your hometown, you're going to be a witness. God is going to be so seen on you. You're going to be able to tell people how you experience God. He heals you. He provides for you. He shows you everything you're to do. He fights for you, makes you look good in every way. You're a witness, my friends. And as you partner with whom God shows you, as you make God big in your life and you offer to him what is his in the tithe and you offer to him beyond that as you so desire for him to have more access into your life, you are putting yourself in position for him to use you where you are at. And then guess what, my friends, to send you 
They needed to be sent to get out from Jerusalem to get into Judea and then sent out from Judea to get into Samaria. There are places God needs to send you. <laughs> I don't know if you're excited about it now, but you will be because it's some of the greatest work you will ever do. And as you go, there will be things you'll need as you're sent. You'll need places to stay. You'll need fuel to get there. You'll need clothes to, to do the work. And I am believing with you that as you enable us to have what we need to go and you're willing to send us, you will be sent well. And you will be sent after a godly way and a godly sort. And that means you'll look good when you go. And when you come, you'll come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. People look at you and go, that's how it should be done. That's how it ought to be done. That is the best. That is God. And it will witness. Hallelujah. It will witness. Praise God. With that, my friends, we just want to share that with you. It is our joy, our desire that you be full, that you be overflowing, that you live an abundant life. And that's what Jesus came for. If we resist an abundant life, then I think Jesus could look and go, well, why in the world did I come? John 10 touches on this. It says, he said he came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. I like um, the Amplified Classic. It, it, it puts it out in a wonderful way. It says that we may have and enjoy life. Have it to the full. Have it till it overflows. That's his will. Jesus came just so we could have that. So if we're refusing it, then he came for no reason. No, my friends, there's good news. He came for good reason. He came for us to have an abundant life. We're believing with you for that, friends, partners, and we're so thankful for you. We bless you. We love you. And we will see you soon. Hallelujah. Praise you.